1: Hey, everybody. Ooh, the jest man. This is the new guy, the jester. I'm Mike, that's Tommy. Hey, how's it going? That's Kevin. What's up, y'all? Our guest today, or I guess tonight or this morning, depending on when you're listening, eh, is Averman himself. He is actor, musician extraordinaire, Matt Doherty. Matt, thanks for coming on.
0: Oh man, my pleasure, my pleasure. Geez, that was a pretty good impression of me, by the way. I, uh, I should, I should hire you to <laughs> be my surrogate once in a while, sir. That that was fantastic. that was
2: one of his best intros by far.
1: I practiced yeah. that. I'm not gonna lie, I and practiced you're
0: like, that. You're like, you're like, uh, you're like one take Mike.
3: There you go. <laughs> that's
0: that's what they used to call me back in the day. You're, like you're like, I mean Frank Sinatra, you know, was known for being a one take guy, you know. Yeah. Probably just because he could not stand for much longer, but like, uh, that was that was a that was a solid. That was a solid version
1: of me. So, yeah, I, I'm very impressed. Thank you. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. I think that's the only time I've ever been compared to Frank Sinatra.
2: Also the only time he's been yeah. mentioned on this show, I think.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Right. Well, yeah you know. So, I mean, yeah, Matt, what's... Well, uh? It's, it's all blue eyes. Those are registered on the radio. So you can, you can just you can <laughs> have blue eyes because then we'll see it. I do have blue eyes. Yes. So. Yeah, well, then, you got that going for you, man. You got that going for you. Go on. Well, yeah, I, I interrupt. You. I should never interrupt on the radio, even though we're really not on a radio. We're on, yeah, on we're on a, on a podcast. Like, we're a bunch of heroes and ones right now. So. Yeah,
1: you can you can interrupt as much as you want. So, I mean, just what are you? Uh, what are you working on? What are you up to? Uh,
0: so that's a broad, sweeping question. Uh, what, I try What am s- I up to? Uh, well, I spend a lot of my time, you know, uh, writing. Um actively writing projects that are always, you know, you, you know, you just kind of sufficient. You just kind of throw the line out there and you let, you know, let it be read and you get dressed up for the prom. And sometimes you get invited to the prom and sometimes you dance. and Sometimes you just get dressed up for the prom and, and no one calls you. And you just kind of left in this dress. That's really uncomfortable. <laughs> and, uh, and that's just kind of a, that's kind of Hollywood in a nutshell. And then sometimes you get taken to the prom and then you lose your date. It's always a very fun thing, you know, and then because your date really goes for the football uh, king or, or powder puff queen, and you're just kind of left there with the punch bowl. So and then sometimes you actually, you know, go all the way and get to dance some cool things. So that's the world of, of, of development. I feel like you need to write
1: a team comedy right now.
0: Yeah. Okay. That was com- I, I mean, yeah. Uh, how about a team vampire comedy set on Mars? Does that work? Yeah, Sure. I, I, got, I got one in my trunk. know so, um, yeah, it's just, I, I, I spend a lot of time writing. I, I write sometimes with other people. I write for the stage. I, um, you know, I write some TV, I write some film and, you know, you shovel it out there and you let know people read it. And then, you know, I go out and look for work as an actor. Occasionally they call my name and, you know, and I feed myself. I clothe my learn to dress myself. And, uh, um, and, uh, I try to, uh get my car washed every once in a while <laughs> and what am i working on uh, i'm working on like learning you know uh learning how to spell the alphabet backwards so yeah uh
2: kevin here uh have you taken a shot at writing a script for d4 by chance uh i have not uh
0: however i do have some of the inside scoop on the details of that but I, if i told you i'd have to kill you um uh-huh. Yeah, no, I do know that that's definitely, there are definitely, you know, people are working on that. Um, there was a, you know, there's definitely a lot of talk about, no, more than talk, actually. There's actually been work, you know, getting getting a whole bunch of different groups and studios and people all together to look at, like, who owns the, you know, and to make the new deal. It's just it's a lot in that business.
2: So, this I mean, is one of those... This is one of those times I'm, I wish we had like a breaking news, you yeah. know, alert.
0: <laughs> like that <thing>. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was I good. I mean, you know, it's it's there, you know, there's a lot of talk about it, and a little more in talk, people are actively working on it, and but you know, those kind of things they take uh, they take time and, and people all working together, and you know, et cetera, et cetera. So it's definitely there's a lot of push to to get it done.
1: I think it needs
2: but to be... I no, um, but
0: I have no idea about like how or where or when. Or, you know, all that stuff.
1: I think it needs to be rated R for D4. Really just kind of go off the deep end.
0: I think they were actually going to go for the NC-13. Oh, <laughs> all right. <That> <laughs> Limited yeah. release. Yeah. yeah, totally. And it was something about like really sharp skates. That's all I know. <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, the deal. But, uh, um, I mean, and the thing about The ducks that I think is really special, um, all kidding aside, is that, and I've witnessed it firsthand in my own life, you know, that like, I can't tell you how many times I'll meet people my own age or or even older or early here, and and they still watch the movie and now they have kids and their kids are watching the movie. And it's like this, it's like, I uh, I mean, Sean and I, we actually, we were, we got invited to do, you know, some event for the ducks and we were were shocked that like, um, it was back east. How many kids? There were twelve, fifteen, sixteen years old that were fans and I remember being out here, uh, um and I had met these kids and these parents that were going to a Mighty Duck game and we just were striking up conversation on the street and they kinda of had no idea where, where I was and I just said uh and I said to them, I said uh, I so y'all going to a hockey game today, and it's like, yeah, yeah, we're going. And then they're like, they were from the Midwest, and they were like, they're going fans. And these kids were, they were like nine and seven. They were, you know, just little. And, and they were huge fans of the movie. And then the parents asked, are you a Duck fan? And I go, and I kind of look at them and I go, yeah, I guess I am. They're like, really? You f-? And, I, and I go, like, are you from here? I said, well, no, I am, because like, I was one, you know? <laughs> and I just, day they, their day. And I realized they're like, there's a whole other generation of kids that just, you know, they like the movies. So I don't know many movies that, you know, I've been working for a long time. And I don't know many projects that have that kind of staying power. They have the staying power of like a, they're kind of tantric, you know, they kind of keep going. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that for some reason those, uh Yeah you got yeah. all the right elements.
1: Yeah, you and, were, uh... I mean,
0: you guys, you know
1: yeah so you were in uh you're in south of sunset, which is on on Vimeo. it's kind of a episode one oh, is on yeah. vimeo and you you actually oh, talk yeah. about being in the muddy ducks
0: that's right yeah in that well it was a kind of a side project joke project that i do Because i uh you know contrary to popular opinion it's not all uh, not always working so and you know and and when I grew up in the industry, I was you know blessed with uh a great success for a long period of time. You know, and then, uh, you know, so you got to supplement your income sometimes with other jobs, and I've had every job you can think of. And so, yeah, I was driving for Lyft and, and, and Uber and Timesharing, you know, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> they call ride sharing. And I just, uh, I was sharing with a friend about being, it was, I it was a filmmaker, about a particular night when I was driving and just telling stories of, because it's a great job for a writer, because you meet all these great people and, Son of like Larry David drove a cab before he got the job on Saturday Live, and <laughs> just it's a fantastic job. You know? And and then he's like, dude, let's make a let's make a project about it. And uh, and so I just called in all our our friends who were great actors, and, and we just started playing. And then the next thing we knew, we had something that was uh, kind of fun, and you know, and people tend to be liking it. And we're you know trying to see if somebody wants to get behind. You know the actual production of it on a long-term goal. You know, maybe do like ten, twenty episodes, kind of like uh, um, keep it going and, and let people have some fun playing. You know,
1: that's the main point. Yeah, I mean, I I enjoyed it. Like it was, it didn't like try too hard, and didn't try to. It wasn't like aliens or things like that. It was just, it was just quick. It was, it was. It, but it, there was a story behind it. So, uh, enjoyed that. You're you're also a musician here. SoundCloud.com/slash oh. Matt Doherty. very like soulful oh, yeah, sound.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I play, I play tunes. That's for sure. Yeah. I'm another actor turned musician, except I actually know how to play. <laughs>
3: so,
0: <laughs> yeah, I uh, I love making music. Yeah. I've been I played in bluegrass bands and I played in rock and roll bands and I played on my own. And those are just some recordings I did to keep myself busy for a while. What do they call it? Like a song a day project for a while. I was learning to record. So just so SoundCloud's great because you just you know you, you let stuff be heard so if there's people who are artists or whatnot just let your stuff be seen let it be heard you know give yourself a deadline you know release it there's so many free pages out there that you can like give yourself a deadline. because when you're when you're doing creative work it's hard, when one's hard and when and hard. you want you want to like stay sharp mm-hmm. so you just just give yourself a deadline make a website put your thing <laughs> up and just shovel it and don't worry about the. You know, a lot of creative people are very judgmental, and so it's like you know, just release it, let mm-hmm. it be, let it, you know, put it out there. You never know, and it's just it's extra gratifying. So that's my little plug for if you're creative and you're listening, like go do that. that was inspiring.
2: You're you're already our most inspiring guest.
0: Oh well, because I'm because I'm relatively sober. <laughs> <laughs> And not a menace to society. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. They have a uh, gainfully employed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, haven't dropped, I haven't dropped too many F-bombs. Uh, you know, yeah, totally. I keep the bar really low here.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's working. You're a busy guy. You got all those. You're you're Ganymede Pan as well. A Kind of a sci-fi series. How did you get kind of involved in that? Um. Well, that's,
0: that was a fun, again, I just, you know, I just said yes to some friends that I've been around. You know, I'm a member of the Actor Studio, which is—I have said like a very elitist group of uh of like asshole actors, which is drama. One of them, so I can totally that The Actor Studio was like started by Lee Strasberg, you know, Marlon Brando, and all Paul Newman and all these things. I mean, you name it. Like even Gene Wilder's a member, and and what the never think he was a member of the studio, but and it was just—it's um, a really it's kind of like a hard to get in and it's free for life and it's a place to work out and stay sharp when you're in between jobs. It was kind of started cause our, our work is you never know when you're going to work. Right. Mm-hmm. And so an actor needs to keep acting or, you know, you can kind of lose your, you just got to, you want to be around your peers. And so the actor studio is one of these places and, and, uh, and it's like, like it's really hard to get in. It's free for life. And I meet a lot of different, you know, friends. And there was a guy on there named Alan, and Alan Levy is, you know, he's directed hundreds and hundreds of hours of TV and he's kind of been a mentor, a friend of mine as a writer and a, and a young director. And, uh, and him and his uh, partner Dave, Dave Johnson, and, and, you know, they were wanting to do this kid show and about like kind of mixed kids science fiction. And I just said, yeah, it was like they were putting together a pilot and, uh, and it just looked like too ridiculous and fun to avoid, you know, the idea of Building a spaceship and flying, it sounded too fun to to pass up on. So I, you know, Alan, he was like, Hey, come on, do this. And then, so I said, Yeah. So, and, uh, I think it's fun because it's, you know, it's for kids and and it's, uh, they put a lot of work into it. Alan is like a little 12 year old, even though, you know, he, and he actually, I think he directed the original Battlestar Galactica. Uh, so he's like, a he's been around. He's invented cameras. He's like this weird, you know, he's like, he literally invented cameras. He's one of these old-time filmmaker guys who can take apart a camera like a rifleman, <laughs> takes apart a rifle with a blindfold. Mm-hmm. So it was really fun to be around him and hear all that. And I love being around the previous, you know, people who've come before us and, you know, kept the business and, and all that experience. And, you know, who literally can... You know, take apart a camera. <laughs> it's
1: just to me that that's impressive. Yeah. So, uh, so let's go way back here. If You're from Illinois, uh, you had, yeah. You, you, yeah. Yeah. So, how do you get into some small parts into home in Home Alone, a couple other films, and how do you become you know, Averman? You know,
0: way back there. Mm. Oh man, I, that's that's such a uh, that's, that's an interesting question. I uh, I was nine years old and uh um i always thought michael j fox on on um family ties at the time he was one of my heroes when i was a kid and just loved the kind of wanted to be him actually and uh admired his work and even though i was a little kid i just was like i because he had that hot girlfriend on family ties that he ended up marrying Maybe that was it but anyways um he uh he would read the paper and the character in the show. So I just would read the paper and I'm nine and I'm reading the paper and I'd pretend to read the business section, just like, because his character did mm-hmm. that. He did not know any of that stuff meant. And then I, um, there was an article in the, on the, the kind of entertainment column in the main section of the Chicago Tribune. And it was, uh, uh, I don't know where you get these thoughts. I just think, you know, I, I, I kind of believe that like my own manager was been a manager of mine for years and years, and she likes to put it. She pitched me some time, she said, I just love her. And, and she said, matt the industry chose matt You know, some people choose it, but she goes, This chose matt <laughs> And uh, I remember hearing that. I was like, I never thought about it like that. Because here I am, nine years old, and I, I'm, I'm literally looking in the paper, and I see a thing for an audition for some redheads, and I used to have really red hair and freckles. And, you know, back in the 80s and 90s in Chicago, that was the thing to have because that's when all the commercials were being made and that looked all American and I had the freckles and the red hair. I mean, we used to call them bite and smile kids. A bite and smile means you took a bite out of the bowl of cereal and then you smiled. <laughs> so I don't know I have these natural gifts. In baseball, it's like, in baseball terms, it's like knowing how to hit the ball over the fence just naturally. You know? <laughs> that's mm-hmm. what it means to have red hair and freckles and be from Chicago in the something So I see the ad in, in, in the paper and I go, uh, and it's for his redheads, you know, downtown audition for a movie with Gary Marshall. And I didn't know who Gary Marshall was, but I later found out that, you know, the guy who did Happy Days, and, you know, he's one of the best TV and film directors of all time. And His sister, Penny Marshall, the two of them are like king and queen of comedy, you know? And, uh, so I go to my mom and I say, let's do this. No one, never always thinks of oh, what did your parents force you? And no, nothing forced me into it. I, uh, um i brought it to them now i don't know where that thought came from (laughs) i think i've done like one school play maybe two um i played sherlock holmes in the hounds of the basketball where i had you know you take one baseball hat and face it forward and you take another baseball hat and face it backwards and you're sherlock holmes (laughs) and uh i uh i enjoyed it but i don't know where that came from you know Mm-hmm. And so I, uh, I told my mom, I said, hey, let's go to this thing. <laughs> I'm nine, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's just freaky. And I, she's like, I think the only real re- reason was she's like, she called up her best friend, Belinda Everett, who I named name-drop my mom's best friend over the radio. And they were like, we lived in suburbs, the suburbs of Chicago, and to go into the city around Christmas time, and go to the water tower place, which is like the mall. I don't know what the mall is down there in Dallas, but that was like the place for people to go shop. So they were like, okay, let's take Matt and then his her daughter Angie and we'll go down to the foundation. It'll they'll be there for an hour and then they can shop at the Water Tower place all day long. And so uh but little do they know that <laughs> we show up and we're at this hotel and it's at like the Drake Hotel in downtown in Chicago. And, and we stay all day long. And like into the night and like And, you know, waiting and waiting. And I know we could have left. And they just, there were so many people. And we didn't leave. My mom never left. And then somehow, so if I, if we would have just left, none of this shit would have happened. (laughs) But we stayed. And then all of a sudden, my name gets called. They, like, do a little, like, walk down. It was like you're in, like, a. Some awful concentration camp line where they go, you stay, you go, you stay, you go, you stay, you go. go." It was like Sophie's choice. And I know it's an awful Holocaust joke, but we're going to tell it anyway. (laughs) And I I somehow, I uh, I somehow got, you know, picked to stay. And then, then it was like, oh, and we had eaten and they wanted to go shopping. They don't go shopping. I think Angie and, you know, Miss Everett, they left, or whatever. Maybe they did, not we'll find out that out. It, either way, it's a good story. So my mom, and they stay. And then we got look at another thing, and then another way. And finally, like, I get to read, and they pit me, and I go to another level, And it's just this all-day thing. They don't even get to go shopping. We barely get any food. And then they call us back the next day, and I meet Gary Marshall. And my mom knows who Gary Marshall is. I don't know who he is. I, I've seen happy days. And, um, and he's like this real, never kind of Jewish funny guy, right? And, uh, and we're at the top floor of the hotel and he's kind of switching. And, and, uh, we wait and, uh, well, and now it's like we're amongst the, the kids who were professional actors. I and mean, we've never done any of this before. My mom and I. And, and, uh, so we're up at the top floor and, and uh, and now there's people who have headshots, and have resumes. We don't, we need to have a Polaroid, you know, and uh, they call me in and I read for this part. It was a movie Overboard, which was this Kurt Russell Goldie went convey. And um I read for Gary and I'm nervous as all hell. And Gary's like, he's an old time director, he spots, his team with a kid. And he says, uh, uh, Oh, you're uh, you're nervous and he goes, and he's just this old school guy, he just knows how to put people in here. What do you do? And I said, Oh I have the best swimming the best swimming in baseball and I just spit it out, right? he goes, okay, why don't you, you do a handstand? So I do a handstand. It's my like Gary Marshall.
3: <laughs>
0: and, and he goes, ah, oh, you're a good gymnast. <laughs> I start laughing, and I relax, and I read, and I do the thing, and he goes, you're funny, kid. You're good. Get an agent. And I walk outside, and I told my mom, I said, Gary Marshall just said, get an agent.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, I, uh, so my mom had evidently, some mother had told her the same thing. And then we we looked up the first one alphabetically in a phone book on the yellow page. And it was this place called David and Lee, which was one of the top Chicago agents at the time. And and, uh, we sent some chloride in, and I met Marcia Becker, who was my first agent who I just loved. She um, took my mom aside and and met, and then she just loved me right away. And, And it just, that door just opened. And, and Marcia was like, uh, literally, we looked them up on the phone book and called them up alphabetically. And, uh, and she said, uh, here's my only rule when I deal with kids. And she took, she stared my mom like hard in the eye. I, didn't hear, I, I knew this later. And said to my mom and dad, uh, I'll represent him, but here's my one rule. that if he wants to go to baseball practice, if he wants to do something at school, if he's in band, that he goes to that and doesn't go to the fucking audition nice. and she was that's my role with kids and so i just again i just lucked into the right person because there's awful stories this business is awful <laughs> it's just awful and uh yeah so then and then i literally booked my second audition was for the mickey mouse club which everybody was in, Justin Timberlake, yeah. uh, Britney Spears, Ryan Gosling, and Ryan Gosling acts all tough. That guy was in the fucking Mickey Mouse <laughs> <laughs> I got the same set of years he got, okay? Because I was down to the final line on that one. The same thing, I got like all the way down to the end, and I had to sing, and it was this awful song, I had to sing, I was so nervous, and they were smart enough not to, to cast me. <laughs> and, uh, but then, I mean, literally, two auditions, thousands and thousands of kids go out, and I get down to the last line. Third one was Home Alone, and uh, again I'm I'm all the way down to the end. And the director, there were three of us. The director pulls us out of the room. And he says, "Everybody's gonna get a part, no matter what. You're all up for Kevin, you know the main part, the Colin Hawkins part." And there were three of us that were there. And one kid was the guy in the van, and me, and Kevin, and there might have been a fourth one. And the director came out, Christopher Columbus, and he said to the moms and the dads and the, the kids, and said, "Everybody's gonna be in the movie, no matter what." so nobody can get nervous. I want everybody to relax. Everybody at this point is going to be in the movie. There's too many kid roles in this thing. And so he, he kept his word. And, you know, I didn't get the part, but I got my first job. And uh, and uh learned the first lesson in Hollywood. We invited the entire neighborhood, all my friends, all my parents and friends. We all went to the Cineflex Odean Theater right where we grew up. We filled the theater. And I was totally cut out. <laughs> 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 Except for like five seconds. And, uh, the fourth audition was the was, by, was a commercial for Long John Silver's and I booked my first commercial audition and that's why I joined my union and my partner in the commercial was Anna Klumski who's now on Veep who was my girl and we were best friends I think we dated for a little bit when we were like 14 or 15 our moms were best friends and we did like 10 commercials together and um we were really dear friends and uh somebody walking down the street singing right now. I'm not saying, hey, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> totally <laughs> right, wrong down the So uh yeah, so that was my fourth one with a commercial with her and uh and then after that, you know, you just kinda of booked little shit in town. I got a whole bunch of commercials and then my duck came along and I think I auditioned for Fulton originally which is interesting because i'm a, i'm not a very big dude i mean i was no. a chunky then but like i'm i'm short as fuck dude <laughs> i'm not very tall i'm five five if you stretch me you know i'm five six if you like really stretch me and like uh so like somehow i'm 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 called back and going to screen testing for fulton and and uh we go to minneapolis and my oldest brother john who uh, uh he I remember John took me up when we flew up and you know, uh at this point I'd worked a lot and done a lot of commercials, did some small parts of films, flew out to California for a commercial and you know, started to get the whole like, Wow, people are picking me up and letting all of your you know, your uh, airplane and the whole thing and oh so first class, oh wow, strawberries, cool, And uh and so we're in Minnesota and we'd be the producer and the director and the writer, and, and I read for Fulton. I got asked Jordan, I think I read for Fulton, but next time I see him, I'll ask him. And uh, it's hard, it's, it's kind of working, you know. Mm-hmm. And then he called me back in to read for, yeah, I never read this part of and then I read it, and like, I don't even know if I had the material for but a few minutes, and then and I got the part. Um, now I hear. Jake Gillenhall. This is this might be the only time I might have beat out Jake Gyllenhaal <laughs> <laughs> I think he turned it down. I think there was a story that he turned down one of the ducks parts. Yeah. And I just personally wanna feel it's like my great. So and then um so yeah, then the black money ducks happen and you know, I think we all lied. I mean, every one of us kind of lied and said, we know how to play hockey," individually. <laughs> but they outsmarted us and knew we were all lying, and had already booked hockey training. <laughs> so we really didn't. They kind of knew we were lying, and then, and then we got to do the hockey camp, and it was great. And then my dad was with me, which was being fifteen and. With your father checking your algebra homework, that was a lot of fun. <laughs> God bless him, man. We were—I was fifteen. I was at a my first major motion picture set, and and I was like, I almost—I could have flunked out of high school that year. You know, my dad just was like, and I was like, I think I was a little big for my britches, and and my dad would be like, No, you're going home to do your algebra homework, too. And uh, oh God, I hated him for that. You
3: know? <laughs> yeah. And uh,
0: I was on an allowance, dude. I, my dad would give me like you get per diem when you're on sets, you know?
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, um, we get, I think you get like 50 or 60 bucks a day or something, and then maybe it's less because it was missed. so it's the Midwest, so it's cheaper, you know? It's not like L.A. Mm-hmm. And then my dad would give me like five bucks a day, and I'd put it in the drawer,
3: <laughs> you know?
0: <laughs> and I had no sense, so then the money just went into a savings account and all that shit. And then, <laughs> and, then and then my dad, you know, I, my dad was really, really responsible for him because that first year in high school, I mean, it's difficult for anybody, especially if you're like 15 and you still look 12 and you're not going through pu- puberty until you're 17. And <laughs> regardless of being a movie star, that's already hard enough just to get through school and shit. And then, uh, yeah, so then we did the first one and and then um, no one knew there was going to be a second one, even though we all signed a contract that you know, there's like a three picture deal thing and but no one ever thought that. And then I remember my mom and dad woke me up one morning on a Saturday and it was on the news that they'd bought a hockey team and that was like, Holy crap. And then we all kinda of were like, I guess there's gonna be a second move. <laughs> and uh and then then yeah, I got um Sardinar and next murderer from that and then did the third one and and then, you know, my dad and mom like to say that the proudest moment was when I uh I paid cash to go to one of the, you know, to a school called Northwestern on the south, on the north side of Chicago and being you know, a south side kid and coming from the south suburbs and, you know, not really born into Hollywood or anything like that. And, you know, you know, middle class family, we paid cash to one of the more expensive schools in the country. Nice. So I remember that moment where my mom and dad would describe it. They were the first day at Northwestern where they separate the people who were on Financial aid and people who weren't. And they were like rich people who were on financial aid, like really rich people, and they were still on financial aid. And my mom and dad and my dad told me the story that, and I wasn't there, it was just for their parents. And like they had to separate the orientation and then they were like, okay, everybody with financial aid leave and anybody who isn't, you know, stay. And my mom and dad, and my dad tells the story where he was like, they just sat and they didn't have to like, and it was like, my dad says that was his happiest moment. You know, they're like, you know, so a lot. I like going back to the first thought. Suzanne's right. The you know, industry chose me, and I got a whole bunch of wonderful gifts for, her, including paying you know for my university.
1: Nice, nice.
0: So blah blah
1: blah. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, kind of like your your character in the Ducks. He kind of had these iconic, eyeglasses. They're big round glasses. Did you need those glasses, or were they like props?
0: I do wear glasses. But they were props. Oh, okay. Because I was going through that point where I was like 15. I was like, I was rebelling and thought I didn't need my glasses, which ended up with fucking me up. So when I was in my 20s, I really needed my glasses. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, but, so yeah, they were fake props, even though I really needed glasses. So, okay. Yeah. And I still have them. I actually still have two sets of mine from from the, from, the, uh, from, the, uh, from 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 the 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 Mighty Ducks 1, and I think the one from Mighty Ducks 2, I keep them out. There were several pairs that I have I had two. Will,
1: will you uh, bust them out and you know just kind of walk down the streets and see who recognizes you?
0: Uh, mm, well, I wear glasses, period, but they're like Ray Bans, so I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I get you no. Know, it's crazy how much you get recognized though. It's like, like I said, it's like. Well, what's funny is people will look at you and they'll kind of go. They think they know you. I'm like, hey, what's up, dude? And like, I don't know this person. And then you realize <laughs> that maybe they have just seen you on TV. You know, <laughs> it's kind of strange yeah and it, it usually it's like the, it's like I knew you from somewhere and like you know I used to want to you know and I'd be like yeah and then decide if you're gonna like play along or not but it's uh I do get recognized sometimes still but it's like whatever it means a lot to some people so I'll play along
2: <laughs> do you ever get asked to do any of your bits you know the hum gully gully uh, or anything like that
0: oh yeah 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 I've gotten asked that I mean if it's like uh it depends on the situation, but, yeah, you know. when You don't ask, like, a doctor when you're fucking done. see, hey, you're a doctor, right? Hey, the <laughs> your scalp up, man. Take it, Pick it up. Come help me, man. I mean, how
1: much of that uh, was the character versus your kind of personality?
0: Oh, I don't know. I So probably a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. any actor... You know, you learn a little bit from the character play, but I mean, I was 16; I didn't know what I was doing yet. (laughs) Um, I uh, I just enjoyed, you know, making people laugh. So I'd say it's probably a mix. And then I think when the writer kind of wrote in there, we started to learn everybody, the people that were cast, and maybe catered a little bit toward everybody's strengths. You know. Mm
3: -hmm.
1: I mean, just what was it like to be on set with like? 13 teenagers just running around and just kind of from all different backgrounds.
0: Oh, what was it like for 13 How do you think, dude? (laughs) (laughs) We had a blast. The rest of the world hated it. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we all grew up together. man. And and we're talking like when we were teenagers, I was one of the older guys. Mm I mean, I I still look 12. I mean, I, I wore a beard and Probably because I look 12, but like, I mean, like, it's, uh, so we were a wild age, and we were probably from like 9 to 15, 10, to 15. And, uh, um, I mean, yeah, we were crazy, man. We were, we were everything you would imagine a bunch of adolescent kids to be, uh, within reason. And God bless Erica Spano, who's now like, she's like a producer, but she was, a she was a wrangler. And she would look after us. And she was our Wrangler on all, was all three. And, uh, like an older sister. And, uh, she was like the PA. And she would get, she really earned her way to the DQA. <laughs> I'll just say that. <laughs> the director's guild. Cause she, like, that she was, uh, she would look after us and kind of, the hardest part was like, it's like herding cats. I mean, getting actors to do anything is difficult, but like getting teenage actors. Just all in the same room together. When like you know somebody's at the craft service table, somebody's playing a video game. You know, it's like you know somebody's flirting with like some woman three times their age. You know?
2: <laughs> <laughs> Who was doing the most like, flirting?
0: Uh, who's doing the most flirting? Um, that's a good question. See, you. I will refuse comment on that one. <laughs> <laughs> His present company is not in, in the... I
3: mean,
0: we would... we, I, Yeah, we, we were all a little guilty of that, I guess. Yeah.
1: Maybe, yeah. But, uh... <laughs> we'll leave that one off the, off the air. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, I mean, how was... We talked to Sean a little bit, and he talked about how his mom was, uh... kind of like the protector. How was your mom and your parents just kind of on set and all that?
0: Uh... I, well, um, well, my dad during the first one was like the only dude. you know my mom um uh it was like the one only time my dad went with me on things, and one my brother went, I was we in really trouble when my brother was my guardian <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> was, like twenty <laughs> but uh but like uh, yeah, my dad was with me on the first one, and I think the funny thing about that was like there were all these moms, and then it was my dad. And, I, and like, I think Josh had his uncle with him. Yeah. So there were like these two guys and then all these like mom women. And, and dad was like the rooster of the, of the hen house. And like, <laughs> uh, and my dad is, I have my, my father's sense of fashion, which is generally wear something until you can't wear it anymore. But I think my favorite story about my dad was we were on the duck buses, which is what we called the little mini bus that would move us to and from, you know, when we were staying the set or whatever. And then was this guy, Mike, who was a Kingster, and he was awesome. He was a very funny guy. He was a, a long time Kingster, he was our best friend. And Mike and my dad were both so And I remember that my dad was trying to get some tea, so he was on the duck breath taking a nap or something. <laughs> and the cops, the cops knocked on the door, we're like, they thought he was like this homeless dude. <laughs> <'Cause> he had <laughs> these shitty shoes on. He had, cause he had like, these awful shoes on. I'm looking at my own shoes right now. I'm just like my father. <laughs> it was awful, like, shitty old shoes. <laughs> my dad I was accused of being a homeless guy on the dumpster. It was my favorite story to that. And he had to explain to them that, no, he was the, you know, the, <laughs> the dad of one of the things, you know. <laughs> Got him. So, um, but yeah, they were, uh, you know, so many great stories. And all those moms. I'm in the Marguerite's mom who played Connie, and she's, you know, she's on that Netflix show right now. she yeah. on um?
1: What, Hot American
0: Summer? What, American Summer. And she just had a baby, and Margaret and her husband, Chris, are good friends of mine. And they were actually in South defensive. They kind of did a favor and played with us for a couple hours. And uh, uh, I just saw Marguerite, my man, and I hadn't seen it in a long time. And it was like another, it was like seeing family, you know? Mm-hmm. And because uh, when you really grow up and spend that kind of time and go through a ridiculous experience, when I, mean, I run into Eldon a lot we we, we got, when when uh, he wasn't on Daredevil, we were both looking for jobs we, we at team auditions and we just share stories it's like St. you know?
3: Mm-hmm.
0: That's awesome. You know, when I'm in the Mike V car and you knowing like he's a fireman and not only like a fireman, he's like literally a fire captain now of like a oh. whole engine. Yeah. So and, uh,
1: uh I mean there's this story out here that the original Adam Banks was was kind of removed because of his like crazy mom and there's there's some controversy as whether that was the case or not what uh what do you remember about the original Adam Banks and his mom Uh I
0: remember the original Adam um being
3: uh <laughs> You can say it. <laughs>
0: being a dick (laughs) yeah no I remember like I don't know about his mom I mean that was so early on like I was like holy shit they're paying us to play hockey (laughs) I don't have to be in school I mean it was like and we'd just be falling on our heads because we never never know how to do it but I think the original Banks was like the only kid who knew how to play ice hockey and he kind of would like be a little like I don't know maybe a little bully on the ice you know maybe he was a little uh Maybe he was uh, just better and maybe it just was an imbalance between mm-hmm. uh, you know that and like he was like far superior. Like far superior. And um so yeah. And then Vinny came in and you know, God Vinny Vinny's awesome. I love Vinny. I just saw him a little while ago.
2: So, okay, going back to the, the uh the skills as I a hockey player
0: I listen to this thing whoever he is, I don't even remember the name. And he's like, oh, he's still holding a grudge. And if he hunts me down, and, like, wax me, I'm going <laughs> to hunt you guys down in Dallas.
2: All right. <laughs> That's fine. Where, where, where would you rank yourself on the Ducks as a hockey player? I believe we've ranked you pretty high on our list. But where would you put yourself as far as skills go? Uh,
0: you mean in terms of reality or my character?
3: Uh maybe both? <laughs> uh well I was captain of
0: my high school team. And oh. uh I was gonna play a college hockey. At, I think somebody else played college Garrett. Who played college hockey? Oh, there were two of us that did. Oh. You want to say Garrett did? Mm-hmm. No, not Garrett you
1: don't recognize
0: Yeah. And like um Vinny. Sandy played hockey for a little while, too. Uh, somebody else that I want to know. I forget who else. Um, Josh still plays. Um, uh, but I was—I had a hockey scholarship to Western Michigan, like a partial one that I kind of turned down. So I, I, I'd never really been good at a sport ever in my life. I wanted to be good at one. And I through pure tenacity and, like, just not giving up, I kind of got, I got pretty good. And we had some awesome trainers. We had the best. We had guys who were Olympic teams. And and then people like all these out-of-work actors would come who were all friends with Steve Brill that are now, like, huge. we all come and Because it was free ice time, you know what I mean? Like, that's the mm-hmm. thing. When there's free ice time, people want to come and play. So, like, you know, we're with MacGyver and, you know, Peter Berg and, and uh, all these, like, um, guys that were literally Olympians. We held an Olympic 1980 gold medal in our, in our hands, you know. <laughs> I got the... Skate with a guy who was the fastest player in the world. You know, um, we were trained by the best. So, um, yeah, I, I loved it. I loved. I loved everything about hockey. Um, in terms of my abilities and my as a character, I'm probably not. I'm middle, at best. I'm on, <laughs> I'm on the second. I'm on the second line, maybe. Uh, <laughs> okay. That's and, cool. But I. In reality, I'm probably on
1: the first line. Nice. That's really what matters, the reality. So, Matt, we do this thing called the quack question where people tweet us their questions and uh, we try to answer them. So, Kevin, uh, we, ha- we ask for quack questions relating to you. So, Kevin's got one for you.
2: All right. Uh, this one comes from uh, quackalite Bob George. Uh, his Twitter handle is AntsMan41. Uh, he asks, uh, What did you enjoy most... Out of filming in the Minneapolis-St. Paul region.
0: Oh wow! Um, being away from school, not <laughs> uh, getting, getting to miss my freshman year, which is the awful time in the world. I right? mean, you guys remember it was like to be fifteen. I mean, you guys just running a thing about the Mighty Ducks. So I'm gonna imagine you were awful dorks when you were fifteen, so <laughs> <laughs> you were on the fringe of society at best. Okay, so you are my like there was the cool you the cool kid table and you was like the kind of cool you were like way off to the side, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were but in the I other room. In, well that's where I would sit except the fact that I was like on movies but I'm still sitting at a table. And like I mean, I got to miss being a freshman Look looked nine <laughs> at a school that was like 2,000 people big and then just show up at the end of the school year and like and, and you know have my homework faxed in I mean come on <laughs> uh, and then come back and, and uh, just do a school play you know? um, I'd say and that and then being in Minneapolis would also just be being out there with my dad and just my dad and I and, uh, that was awesome. And then part three, playing hockey in the hallways at night with Sean. We would play hockey in the hallway. <laughs> and would up the hallway. <laughs> and like there were marks all over the place. We'd like tackle each other and, and like, and, uh, yeah, that was a lot of fun. And then, uh, um, yeah, I'd say that kind of stuff. Um, going uh, yeah it's funny that you remember
1: I'd say that kind of stuff yeah alright fair enough real quick one last question here in the first movie when Bombay comes up he, he mentions your name as Dave Averman and then and then later on you're less Averman did you
0: ever ask about that yeah I know that's 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 a good catch isn't it <laughs> <laughs> You know what I think that really was? I, I wonder if that has to do with clearance. Because, you know, like, every studio, when you make a movie, and, like, like, I'm writing scripts, right? So I have these names of characters, and somebody buys the script, they gotta run all the names by, and sometimes there's, there's, like, a whole legal department that has to make sure that there isn't somebody gonna sue somebody or whatever, their names. <laughs> there's, like, a whole thing to it. And I don't know, because I'm not a lawyer, and I'm really glad I'm not, because I you know, just would never want to be one. But, like, I, I would suspect that it had something to do with clearance. So somewhere okay. there's a Dave Amberman who was like, That's not me, I'm a better fucking hockey player. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So,
1: Matt, we have we're running out of time, but we I'm sure we have we have a bunch of more questions. So we might have we'll probably have you on again. And oh, man, uh it's
0: fun as shit, yeah, of course, dude. All
1: you right, awesome. You, awesome. You, so
0: y'all y'all seem fun. I don't normally talk about this shit, but whatever. As long as you're so it's a lot of fun to do.
1: Uh, well, we're, we're fellow, you know, outside the the room table people. So. <laughs> yeah, we understand each other. So uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Check out check out everything Matt's doing. Uh, South of Sunset, SoundCloud dot slash Matt Doherty for his music. Ganymede Pod uh, Pan for us. TheQuakeTech dot com at QuakeTechPod on Twitter, Facebook dot slash QuackDeckPod, and then go to iTunes. Go to the Quack Tech Pod, Give us a five-star rating because this is a five-star show, as usual, really. And, uh, and, and like, write a review that tells us the, your favorite thing about Matt Doherty's appearance on. And uh, remember, ducks fly together.
2: Ducks fly together. Quack, quack. Quack, quack.